0: Good morning. We're glad you're in this place. Thank you for spending some time with us, worshiping with us. We're thankful for our team leading us uh, in that great truth that God has never let go of us. Well, I'm obviously in the middle of a lot of water up here. Uh, This is Vacation Bible School Week for us. If you're new to a spiritual family, if church was not something you grew up with, it might not be that obvious what it is, but it's a time for our children fifth grade and under to be able to engage and understand scripture and get to know God in a way that makes sense to them and it's a real real big step of growth for a lot of kids. Uh, I'm one of those kids. When I was uh, 7 years old in Vacation Bible School it's how God got a hold of me. Uh, I would like to think that I would have met Jesus at some other time and some other place and my parents would have continued to model it and talk to me about it, but I don't know. I just know that that was my time. That was when God got my attention. I said yes to him and began following him, and that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. So uh, even if you're not involved, if you're not volunteering or not bringing kids or bringing neighbors' kids to be a part of Vacation Bible School, I hope that you'll be praying this week for those kids, uh, especially those who are second, third, fourth, fifth grade, as they get to a point of being able to make their own decisions and decide that this tugging on my heart, this invitation that God's got on me, am I going to say yes or not, It's a big, big time, and uh, kids are a little more open. They're a little freer. They're not quite as held down by all the stuff that holds you down, and at that age and that time of their life, that's the moment that often many of them make those significant decisions, so uh, please be in prayer for them throughout the week as we begin tomorrow night with Vacation Bible School, and if you haven't already signed up your kid or didn't even know about it, uh, go ahead and do that today. We have a few spots still available, but we're almost at capacity, so we want to make sure uh, your kids can be involved there. But the theme is about waves, and so I want to spend a couple of weeks talking about waves, and it's right up my alley. I am a beach guy. I love everything. About the beach, and I'm selfish enough to pretend for most of my marriage that it was also my wife and kids' favorite place, so every year I'm like, hey, it's vacation time, and for you guys, I'm going to take you all to the beach. That's been like a thing I've said over and over for almost 20 years now, and the truth is it's actually for me. I need to be honest and just say, guys, my Father's Day gift to myself is we're going to go back to the beach this week. I might as well just say that. That's kind of what I do. Uh, So I realized my selfishness. I know that. And so last week on our vacation, we did not go to the beach. We went to amusement park instead and spent some time there. And um, and, I'm now doing GoFundMe's and all sorts of things. But we had a good time. Uh, Universal was a universal trip. And it, it was fun. And just being together and being a part of that was awesome. But I missed out on my waves. So Uh, Just as a thank you to me, they just created my own little oasis up here of waves. But uh, I love everything about the beach. I love the sand. I love the frustration. I love the sand that stays with you for four or five months and every single thing that you brought. And I don't know if you're like me, but you unpack your car with groceries and, you know, in the middle of December and all of a sudden sand just kind of falls out. It's just everywhere from when you go. And I love that about it. I like going, I like arriving late and going out on the beach and staying there until we're too tired to stay out there just to watch the moon hit off the the ocean waves. I love listening to the waves when I can't see them. The next day, I love being out in that all day, every day. Um, I'm a beach guy. But the irony of it all, at least to me, is that I have heard thousands of waves crash the shore at nighttime, thousands of waves throughout my lifetime. And I grew up in Tennessee. I'm not even close to the beach, but I've heard thousands and thousands of waves crash. I've seen thousands and thousands of waves crash on the shore uh, when I've gone down and just sat all day long, 10 hours sitting there on the beach or goofing around playing, whatever. But I've never caught a wave. I've never ridden a wave. And by that, I mean I've never surfed. You say, well, you know, the boogie board, no, no, let's just not pretend. The boogie board is not catching a wave. You're just laying and doing the same thing that your grandmother does on a raft, except you're on styrofoam. It's not, it's not catching a wave. Uh, it's different. I've never surfed. I've never caught a wave. I've seen thousands and thousands. I've heard thousands and thousands. I was so messed up over it about seven or eight years ago that I took my phone out to the beach at night and just set it down and recorded about a minute of that sound so that any time I get a little homesick, if you will, for my beach, I can just kind of pop that on and watch a video of nothingness, but I can just hear the waves crashing. And I just, I love everything about the waves, but I've never really caught one. And if you and I are not careful, that is our spiritual experience as well. One day during Jesus' time on earth, he was with his followers and they were the house guests in the home of a man named Simon. And they were at his house. They've had their time together. They've talked, and they've enjoyed being around each other. And then there's a lady in the house that decided to break through the the awkwardness of the moment and do what she was hoping she would have an opportunity to do this whole day. She stepped forward, interrupted Jesus as he was speaking to his friends, And I use that word because during this time, culture is still very, very different, and men were looking differently at the ladies in the room, and it's not right, but it was. And so for her to step forward and have the courage to approach Jesus, take out some really expensive perfume, and pour it on his head and anoint him, which I know culturally we don't even get it, but it was a show of respect and honor. And she anointed Jesus' head with this expensive, expensive perfume. And as she did that, Jesus' followers, the men that were following him around, looked at her and said, what in the world? How dare you do that? Don't you realize, I mean, Jesus, back us up on this. Don't you realize how many poor people we could have helped with the money that we could get if we just sold this perfume, and yet you wasted it all over him? And as Jesus is prone to do when people are being pushed aside, marginalized, or ostracized, he speaks up and defends. And in Matthew chapter 26, Verse 10, it says, aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. That's an odd phrase at the end. You're always going to be able to have poor people around. There are always going to be people in need. You can do that later, but I'm not always going to be here. And if that lady had hesitated... She would have missed the moment because what she didn't know was that in a couple of days, Jesus was going to be arrested, taken away, tried, and executed, buried, gone. Moment is out of here. If she had hesitated, if she had allowed her fear, her anxiety, the the worry about how she was going to be perceived, the awkwardness of the moment, if she had allowed herself to say, I want to, but I'll just hold back, she would have missed the opportunity. She didn't know this was her last opportunity, her last time, the last moment she was going to be able to be face to face with Jesus before he was killed. The disciples didn't even know the timing, even though Jesus had told them over and over. But this was the moment. She didn't realize it, but if that wave passes by and she never rides that wave, that wave is gone. And oftentimes you and I don't get the urgency of the moment until it's over. We don't really realize how important the time is. We're all going to have more minutes, but we're not always going to have another moment. And she was ready to take advantage of the moment that she had. And we always think we're going to have more, but it's just not true. And that's why James wrote in chapter 4 of his letter, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go back or we will go to this city or spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. He says, everyone has got all these big plans. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. And then you'll be ready for this moment. Then you'll plan and organize this. He said, you don't even know what tomorrow is going to be about. Like, just hold back a little. Don't you realize your life is so short? You're here for such a short time. Your life is filled with very few minutes and even fewer moments. So understand the urgency of now. Understand the opportunity you have now. As you sit on the beach and you watch these waves come in one after the other, don't you realize that eventually there will be no more waves there? And as you're wading in the water and bouncing up and down the waves are beside you, don't you realize if you don't eventually go out and catch a wave, you're never going to catch one. And around each of us, there are empty seats right now. And the truth of the matter is that some of those seats are empty because people never caught a wave. They sat there and thought, "Eh, I've kind of got this nug and tug to go do something. And I feel like God's kind of, in the preacher's words, laying this on my heart, or he's leading me in this direction, or I'm thinking about this a lot, or this is a burden I'm starting to get. But there will be time. Not today. Not today and eventually today is gone and there's no more today and that burden is no longer there and that tugging and those nudges and that pull that it's not there anymore and because people didn't take advantage of that time because they didn't ride the wave the wave is gone and if you and I are not careful there are going to be some empty seats where your rear ends presently reside because you never chose to ride the wave. You just, eh, down the road. Another time. I'll think about it. I'll kick it around a little bit more. I know it's probably the right thing to do, but I'm just, I'm just going to give it a little more time. And you never ride. Well, why, why not? Why do we allow waves to come in and out and never do anything about it? Why do we go to our, uh, figuratively speaking, go to our beach and just sit there? And why are we content to never get on a wave? couple of thoughts here that I wanted to share with you this morning, and maybe one of them will resonate with you. Uh, We miss waves when we settle and are satisfied. The reason many of us have missed the waves so far, and we've never really caught a wave, even though we've seen and heard thousands of them all around us, is because we settle. We're we're satisfied. Some of you are working very, very hard to train your faith to be still. Like, I'm going to have a faith that just kind of sits I'm following God, but I follow in a chair. Like, I follow sitting. I don't, I don't really move around. I, I follow him here. And you're trying to convince yourself that Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him sit down on his chair and do nothing. And he said, take up your cross and follow. There is motion and there is movement. And we're trying to stay still. And many of you, it's, it's because you're afraid somebody's going to figure you out. Like, you don't know how in the world God invited you in. Like, he must not have done a background check because you did not belong He doesn't know your doubts. He doesn't know your fears. He doesn't know the temptations even this morning you've had to fight through. He must not know you well. And so if if he'll let you sneak in the spiritual family and pretend to be a part, then let's move on because this is too good. I don't want to mess this gig up by embarrassing myself and stepping out, so I'll just stay really, really quiet. Another reason we miss the waves is we are distracted by other people's waves. We sit back and instead of Doing our own thing and paying attention to what God's doing in us, around us, through us. We watch other people. Many of you, when you go to the beach, you just sit there and watch people anyway. That's what you do. How many of us go to the beach? Oh, never mind, man. Don't do that. But uh, we watch other people in different places. We, we're, we're all guilty of it. We just watch other people live their lives. We watch other people take the risks, And we're content to do that. And so we just sit back and, and watch them. And the truth is, we get a kick out of it, because what is more embarrassing and ridiculous looking than someone who has tried to ride a wave and crashed, and they come up from the water, their hair's all messed up, they can't find their sunglasses, their bathing suits pointed in the wrong direction, and they're just all messed up, and we're laughing, like, isn't that ridiculous? Well, do you know who the happiest person on the beach is? It's that person. It's the one who crashed and burned. And we're sitting back, and go, how undignified, how silly, look at them, they look... They're cool with it. Like, they were going to go out, put themselves out there, just see what happens, have the experience, ride the wave the best they could. If they crashed and burned, they crashed and burned. The silly looking one is the rest of us on the beach taking pictures and videos of other people falling down and acting like we're the ones who figured it all out. That's not why we're there. So at times, we're just content and we miss waves because we're just watching everyone else ride theirs. Another possibility, we miss the waves when we play it safe. We would rather not even try than fail. We'd rather just sit back and say, I don't, I don't want to put myself out there. I'm going to look silly if I do this. I'm not, I'm not quite sure I'm ready. I don't know how this is going to turn out. So I'm just going to sit here and do nothing rather than go out and risk it. When we know in our hearts, anytime we've stepped out and said, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm doing this one for you. He has never Ever let us go. And he's never said, You fool. He's never said, You embarrassed me. He continues to give us grace and more grace and more opportunity and picked us up because we're putting ourselves out there and saying, I trust you enough to try something I don't know how to do. I trust you enough to put myself in front of other people and even look foolish for the sake of what I know is true in my heart. And then, number four, we miss waves when we don't prepare. We just, we're not really expecting to experience anything anyway. So we we don't try. And many of you don't know when that wave is coming. And you're thinking, okay, I understand the the imagery you're given with the waves and the opportunities. But I don't really know what my wave is. And I don't know that I'm rejecting a wave. I don't even know that I see my wave. And and the truth is maybe God's preparing it. And maybe it's three miles out in the ocean. And God is currently shaking the foundations of the earth to create a wave that's going to be tailor-made for you but while you wait, you prepare, you get yourself ready. Otherwise, we're sitting on the beach and the wave, it's it's time, this is my wave. Well, I don't even have my sunscreen on. I can't find my, this is the wrong sun. I've got jeans on. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared to go out and do it. Years and years before Jesus walked the earth, his people were in slavery and Some of you know the story of Moses and how God led him to to go to the people and say, I'm going to lead you out. God is going to rescue us. I'll be the mouthpiece for this thing. But this is ultimately a God deal. He went to the oppressor and said, let my people go. And the whole thing back and forth with Moses and Pharaoh or the Pharaoh at the time. And eventually God said, okay, in the most dramatic and tragic way, we're going to end this. You're going to be free tonight. Death is going to pass over this entire land, and the firstborn of every family is going to die unless the blood of this sacrifice is over the post of your home. So do this. This will be the Passover. And as you prepare for the Passover, we're going to have a meal to commemorate this. We're going to eat a meal together. You and your families, all your neighbors, we're going to get together. We're going to have these meals together. And in Exodus chapter um, Exodus chapter tw- 2, actually, I missed it. Oh, that's the most embarrassing thing I've done all day. Chapter 12, verse 11. I did it so much better in the first service. Oh, anyway. Chapter 12, verse 11. You should have come at 9. It says, this is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked in, your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He says, as you're eating this meal, I want your shoes on. I want you to tie them up tightly. I want you to make sure your cloak's tucked in your belt because you're going to have to run. I want you to eat with one eye on your food and one eye out the door. This, the time is going to come. And when that wave comes in, you better be prepared. You better be ready. And some of you are not going to be ready when your wave comes because you haven't taken advantage of the waiting time. You haven't prepared yourself. You haven't spent your time saying, God, today is your day. I don't know if it's going to be a very significant day, but it's a day you've given me. So I'm going to start it off spending my time reading your word, hearing your voice speak to me. If I'm with people in my home, if I, if I live with a family, I'm going to pray for them. If I don't, I'll pray for my extended family. I'll spend the moment there making sure that I've got my heart right, that I'm aligned up with you. If you reveal stuff to me that doesn't need to be there, God, we're going to get rid of this this morning. We're not going to start off our day this way. I'm going to be prepared for whatever happens, and I'm going to make sure I'm alert and awake all day long for this, because I never know when my time is going to come, but I'm going to be ready. I don't want my wave to come around, and I have to go, oh, I need to pray, I need to think, I'm not really prepared, I kind of got caught here, I was Be ready. And he told the people during the time of Exodus, you better be ready. Be prepared for the moment. So, of course, the what is important, but it's the when that really matters. Because, again, there are many moment, or many minutes, but there's only a few moments in your life. And if you're not prepared for the moment, you're going to miss it. Moments that are always there are not that important. If something is always available, it's not really that valuable. Some of you have had friends that have said, hey, come over anytime. Drop by anytime. I mean, what, is, what kind of invitation is that? Like, come over anytime, like 6, like midnight, like 4, like when... Just any time, just drop by, you're free, you're family. Well, do any of you ever take anyone up on that offer? Of course not. But if someone says, be in my house at 6 o'clock Saturday, we're grilling in the backyard, it's going to be a thing, Like that's an invitation. But just drop by anytime, it's not that important. Because what they're saying is, I would love to have you come by, I'd also love to not have you come by. Like, whatever you want to do, like, that's open, or not, it's just a kind of there, there's this standing thing, and it's not really an invitation. But these waves, it's different. It's Jesus looking out and saying, "You, Zacchaeus up in that tree. Me? Come here. This is your wave. Be ready. A lady walking over, afraid and trembling with all of, the, all of her expenses used up in this perfume, about to anoint Jesus' head, and all the disciples grumbling and pointing, and Jesus saying, chill out, fellas. You're always going to have time to do all your social work. But this right here, this is the moment. It's it's going to pass by and you don't realize it, but she's anointing me for my own burial. That's about to happen. Like you don't get the significance of this time and of this moment. The win is really important. If you're a daddy and you've got a child that's remotely interested in who made the world and why things are the way they are, don't just shrug that off as an inquisitive kid. Your child is saying. We're made for more than this, Daddy. What does that mean? Take advantage of that moment. Otherwise, you're going to blink, and you've got a 21-year-old, you're texting going, did you go to church today? No. Well, the moment's gone. Like, you had that time. Now, it doesn't assure us of how things are going to end. It doesn't assure us of what the next day is. But those are moments, and those are significant times. You're sitting here today, and you've just got a nudge that, man, i I could probably be doing this a little bit better. I could honor my friends, honor my family. I could honor my God in a little more, a little better way. When you leave right now, no one's going to stop you and say, how are you going to apply what God spoke to your heart today? No one's going to do that. You've got to be willing to say, this is the moment. God is inviting me and calling me to something deeper. And either I'm going to take it or I'm not. And if I miss this moment, am I truly going to believe that i'm going to have this opportunity again i think that's why in ephesians chapter 5 the author said be careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil and when you have an opportunity seize it when that wave is there ride it paddle out as fast as you can and pick up that thing and ride it in because you don't know when you're going to have it again And we all assume these little holy nudges that God brings about in our lives, these invitations to know more, to be connected maybe more to our spiritual family, to connect so we can grow together. We assume that they're going to last forever. They'll always be here, but they're not. There will come a time when some of you will just not care about the things you care about anymore because you chose not to ride the wave now. That's why the, Psalm, the, the songwriter says in Psalm 39, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. He's not saying we're not important and life's not significant. He's just saying it's so short and it's so brief. We have very few minutes, and we have fewer moments, and we don't want to miss out on the time, the opportunities, the open doors, the invitations that God places in front of us. And the reason I even bring all of this up today, uh, one, I knew I'd have really cool props behind me. I want to take advantage of it. But the other is this, and this, this is a truth I know, regardless of whether we're doing Vacation Bible School or not. Some of you are more spiritually alert right now than you will ever be. For the rest of your lives this is it you're thinking man today's just kind of a normal Sunday I don't I think you're a little you're uh overdoing it here I'm telling you for many of you this is going to be as spiritually alert as you've ever been for different reasons some of you are incredibly disappointed in how things have turned out in some aspect of your life and God has got your attention you're either angry with him you've got a lot of questions you're waiting on him to answer prayers, to but there is just, things are a certain way between you and God right now. And you look at it as a negative, but God has your attention. For some of you, you've just got a lot of doubts, you've got a lot of questions, concerns about what you actually believe. Maybe for many of you, you were a vacation Bible school decision-making kid, and now you're 30, and you're thinking, I don't even know what I believe because you didn't ride any waves between that time and today, and now you're just kind of drifting. And so God's got your attention because you've just got a lot of questions about your beliefs and and what it is that you really, really have based your life on. But for whatever reason, whether it's tragedy, whether it's just a lot of blessing, God's got your attention. And it's not always going to be this way. And you either ride the wave now, And say, God, you're doing something unique in my life, and I just want to put myself out there and be all in. Whatever that is. Whether that's an invitation to be more committed to my spiritual family here. Whether that's an invitation to begin to to speak about what I believe to my neighbors and my friends at work. Or or whether that's just to dive in and and see if I can be one of those people that gets to have that peace every night of knowing that I spent my time with Jesus. I heard God's word. I prayed. I prayed. I did my best, and I can go to bed and have peace. Because you hear that, and sometimes you're thinking, does that really happen? And this is your moment. This is that inv- invitation that God's putting out there. But you'll never be more alert than you are now. And here's what I also know. If you choose not to ride this wave, there's a chance your heart's going to harden just a little, day after day after day. And in Hebrews chapter 3, The author is referencing something that happened years earlier and warning them not to let it happen today. So I want to read verse 7 and then skip to verse 13. He says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Verse 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is still called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said today, if you hear his voice, in other words, if God is calling you, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. That rebellion doesn't mean anything to you and me, but the people knew that there was a time years earlier when God's people heard God's voice. And with disbelief and disobedience, they chose not to ride the wave. And ultimately, thousands of lives were affected. Generations were affected because of their decision to not ride the wave. He says, be careful because if you reject what's going on right now, you're going to miss this. So as we process through this, I just want you to think uh, you know, on your own. What is, what is God telling me right now? What's he doing around me? What's he doing through me? What is God burdening on my heart? What am I thinking about more often than I've ever thought before? Some of you are thinking, oh, "What? Well, something's going on. I don't really know. My kids are wearing off on me. They're talking about Jesus all the time. But maybe, But maybe God's actually preparing a way for you. And he's saying, you can settle. You can continue to do what you're doing. Or you can take a chance and you can ride a wave and see what this thing is really like. Because all those little holy nudges and naggings, those are waves that God is sending for you. And you can sit on the shore and let wave after wave go by and miss out. Or you can take advantage of the time and see what God does. Some of you are having tailor-made waves sent just for you. And you're going to miss it because you're busy playing on your phone. Like you're just sitting on the beach, scrolling on your phone, missing life as it's going by. And God's got something for you. Let me read one bit of scripture as I close. There's a time uh, at the end of Jesus' ministry when he began to talk about what life is going to be like after this life. He talked about a judgment. He said, there are going to be people who are faithful to me, and they're going to have a reward when they leave this life. They're going to be in a place that my father's prepared. He said, then there's also going to be a group of people who... Do not have faith in me. They haven't followed me, and the end is not going to be as pretty. And he says this in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Then he'll say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And right there, you can imagine. Everyone's sitting going, When were you naked, Jesus? I would have brought you clothes. Like, when did you go to jail? Like what are you what are you talking about? I don't get it. Jesus is telling them about all the waves he sent, all the opportunities they had to catch the wave and see what it was God was doing. And he went on and he answered them. Or they said rather, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And then he replied, Truly I tell you. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, for the, but the righteous to eternal life. Now, I realize this is more about salvation than opportunities that God is sending us. I just kind of wanted to make you feel really weird and have a lot of hell judgment on your way out the door. But um, that I realize it's about that. But I think the lesson here is so much bigger. That there are going to be times when we look back at our lives and say, man, I, God never really prepared anything for me. And we're going to stand there before him, and he's going to say, okay, let's look back at this. How about this day and this day? Whoa, 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 that was just a normal. I was just sitting in church, and I just had a little, <coughs> a little heartburn. I, that was more than that. I was inviting you to go deeper. I was inviting you to do more than just sit and absorb. What about this one over here? Uh, They were asking any volunteers to help. They had plenty. I was asking you to use your gifts to serve other people rather than serve yourselves, and you didn't do it. Little waves coming by, wave after wave, and I'm afraid you and I are going to look back one day and realize we missed it, but we were so close. We were 100 feet away, sitting on the shore, and we never got out and experienced what it is to ride away. Don't be content to let the people around you experience the fullness of walking with Jesus. In fact, some of you are going, what does that even mean? I don't even understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Sometimes we'd have to say, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to even explain this uh, this nagging and this tugging that's in my life. But here I go. I'm ready. Here am I. Send me. And God will open that door, and he will blow your mind, and he will stretch your heart, and you will know what it is to be a fully devoted, all-in follower of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for calling us to more. Thank you for not allowing us to be able to sit on the shore and let things go without at least another invitation. And I don't know when the invitations are going to end. I don't know when there will be no more. But, God, we have one today. And as we sit here today, we have an opportunity to respond to you. So, God, I pray for the men in this place who have been content to allow the ladies around them to be the spiritually sensitive ones, who have been content to let them carry the load and share the spiritual truth and all the Bible stories. God, it's time for us to step up and to lead as you called us to lead with grace and mercy and truth and boldness and courage. Father, it's time for many others in this place to stop watching other people live their lives, to stop being so afraid of what could go wrong and begin to wonder what could possibly go right if I would just trust him and paddle out to a place that's so deep, uh, it's deeper than I've ever been before, but I just trust Jesus in this moment to get me back home. God, there are no limits to what could happen if we would be all in with you. God, for those who are not followers of Jesus, I pray that today is their day to call out and say, God, I've never even signed up for this thing, much less known there was a wave to catch, but if you'll have me, I'll come with you. Father, your word says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And then we spend the rest of our lives working out our salvation. God, I pray that today is that day for someone. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for never giving up on us and, and, and never letting go. God, I pray that you would call us to something deeper and give us the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm going to ask the ushers, if they will now, to come forward and receive the offering and the prayer request, if you wrote anything down in the Connect card. Um, this week, I want to encourage you to be in prayer for Vacation Bible School. Pray for all those kids who need to make decisions. There might be even some of our adult workers who have never made the decision to be a follower of Jesus. And maybe this is their time to set the example for the kids that they'll be leading this week. So we want to pray for them in that. Um, and then other than that, I want to say next Sunday is Father's Day. It's that forgettable holiday, of course. As a dad, I'm speaking that. Um, but we're going to celebrate the day before. Um, we know very few things that men want to do more than just throw axes at stuff. So we're bringing in the crew um, at noon on Saturday out here in the parking lot, we've got the truck coming by, we've got the axe throwing crew that's coming in, allowing us from 12 to 2 just to hang out with each other and throw axes. Now, ladies, we know you can do this, we've all dodged an axe or blade or two along the way, but you're not here to show off. Your man's gonna leave you behind and hang out with other guys for a while. Uh, So this is our time in from 12 to 2 on Saturday, so if you want to be a part of that, we encourage you to come and bring a friend uh, thank you for being a part of uh, Vacation Bible School, helping this week, giving so that we can do things like that. And now we'll uh, close with one more song together uh, before, we, uh, before we exit out. So if you will, just stand with us, and we hope that you have a great, great week together.